Welcome to the First Assembly of God podcast, a ministry of First Assembly of God in Greencastle, Pennsylvania, where we are passionately pursuing His will, His way. You can find out more about us on our website, greencastle-firstassembly.org. Now, let's dive into today's podcast. All right, let's dive into God's Word today, Acts chapter 1, a Spirit-empowered church. And we're going to dive in today. I'm working on uh, putting our messages on a podcast form as well, so hopefully in the next few weeks I'll send out some links and you can be able to, we have right now our messages on YouTube and Facebook, and I know I like to listen to podcasts. Any podcast people out there, I, I man, when I'm doing something boring, I love to listen to podcasts, mowing or cleaning or whatever you're doing, fold laundry. And so uh, we're working on putting our messages and any other ministry stuff like that we can put on podcast form so you can listen to it or share it with those that uh, listen to podcasts and uh, just another tool of using technology for ministry. Amen? Amen? For the gospel, getting the message, getting the gospel message out there. And Acts chapter 1, we're going to pick back up in verse 9 today. And I thought for sure we'd be way past chapter one so far. So this is week four. I think the, what's gonna, it's going to take us a little while to get through the introductory and some few, few chapters here. And then the second half of Acts gets uh, kind of just a long narrative. And so that will probably blow through there a lot quicker. But uh, the, the, there's some very important verses that I've been studying. It's like, wow, we, we can't rush through some of this. This is... This is very pertinent. It's very relevant to today. It's, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit speaks through his word to his church in all time periods, in all histories. We think it's 2022. What in the, what in the world could the Holy Spirit speak to us today? And you're going to find out what the Holy Spirit is going to remind us today. It's, it's some reminders we need today. It's reminders that the church needed then as well. And uh, so I, my prayer, and as I've been praying and studying this, it's like, it's just a reminder that his word endures forever. It doesn't change that uh, these words, it, the word of God is, is for us today. Amen. And so we stand on his word and uh, we had message in tongues and interpretation, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And anytime I'm preaching, anytime you hear an utterance, anytime maybe someone speaks a word over you or prays over you, may, let, let, let it be a reminder, we always want to line it up with God's word. And uh, we always want to say, okay, is this something that's on your word? Is this something I can find in your word? Or is this maybe just a well-intentioned something and they meant well, but, but maybe it just wasn't quite accurate. So anytime, if I'm preaching something or someone says something or someone maybe lays a hand and has a word for you, you know, you, you hear it, you listen to it, and then you go to God's word. Okay, God, what are you saying? What is this? Is this what you're leading me to do today? And I know there's been words of over my life. People have spoken things and prayed for things. And most of the times it's like, yes, I received that. I see that. That's, I can find that in God's word, an affirmation of that. And then there's, to be honest, there's been a, just a few times where it's, something was spoken and I knew right away it wasn't a word for me. And all right. Working now? Did you do something different or did it just start working? All right, Benny's the man. Give it up for Benny back there, huh? Let me try the. Does this one work? No? No? All right, well, I will push it today. We'll go back to the, the old uh, stick in the hand, all right? What was I talking about? I have no idea. We were talking about words of the Holy Spirit and receiving it. That's right. I was saying just a few words that maybe someone said to me, and I just, now it's too loud. Now it's like, oh, okay. We don't need it now. Oh, now I can. Oh, look at, oh, that is better. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. Before we do, let's remember the context, what's going on here. Uh, just a few reminders. Number one, Jesus was raised from death and he appeared to his disciples. Okay? Jesus instructed his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the gift 
that the Father promised the sending of the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised his disciples that the power of the Holy Spirit would empower them to be his witnesses and to spread his gospel to the ends of the earth. So that is the backdrop of where we're at. So Jesus rose from the dead. He appeared to his apostles. He taught them. He reminded them. He said, stay in Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father, the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you receive that, you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Let's pick up in verse number 9 of Acts chapter 1. You can follow along on the screen. Thank you so much. Carol worked so hard putting all these slides. I give her like pages of scripture and I say, I'm sorry, Carol. And she always does a great job spending hours putting them on there. So I appreciate her. And uh, you can also follow along on your Bible or your uh, phone or whatever you use to do that. So here it goes. Verse 9. After saying this, Jesus, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching. And they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? I'll turn to your neighbor and say, staring into heaven. Come on, turn to your other neighbor and say, staring into heaven. Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday... Turn to your neighbor and say, someday. someday. Turn to your other and say, someday soon. someday. He will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Jesus, would you help us to hear your word, to receive your word, to understand your word by your Holy Spirit, to obey your word. Lord, you are coming soon. Jesus, help us to be ready for your soon coming. We pray this in Jesus' name. And someone agree with me. Amen. All right, I have a few friends out there. The New American Standard translates that scripture this way. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. I want to look at a few specific details here. Number one, Jesus was taken up into a cloud and was seen rising into heaven. Can you just put yourself there? Try to mentally put yourself there. They're standing there with Jesus. They are talking with Jesus. And the next moment, he's rising up into heaven. And they're like, wow. Can you imagine that? Can you put yourself there? The disciples were so overwhelmed. They were so fascinated that they stood there staring into heaven. They were probably waiting for him to come back. Like, all right, Jesus, we're going to wait right here. I'm sure you'll be back soon, right? They were just mesmerized. I know if that was me and talking to someone, they're like, I'd be like, wow, man. I think of Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was taken up in that chariot, right? And Elisha, was, and the, it was the other prophets. They were like, we're going to go look for him. He's like, you don't need to look for him. He's, I know where he's at. Remember the discussion earlier in verses 6 to 8 of chapter 1. It says, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, is the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? I wonder if they were thinking through that. They were believing he's going to come, he's going to restore, he's going he's to take out the Romans and the, the Jews are going to reign here. And he, they're waiting. He's, they're just they're staring into heaven. Is it going to be time? Is it coming right now? And, and Jesus, what were the words we learned two weeks ago? He says, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. And what is our responsibility? You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on, you and you will be my witnesses. Jesus was redirecting them to their responsibility to be his witnesses. 
So Jesus ascends to heaven, and they're looking up into heaven, and they're standing there gazing into heaven and knowing again that they needed some helpful redirection. How many friends do I have that sometimes I need some helpful redirection? You know, my wife can say something once, but there's times she needs to just remind me or redirect me, huh? Come on, men. All right, we, sometimes we don't like to agree. Or, you know, it's like, yes, you're right, honey, I forgot that. Jesus, the King of Kings, knows the heart. We got, like to sometimes get, get focused on one thing or mesmerized on something, and he had to come and redirect them. And he sends them two white-robed men, most likely angels or heavenly messengers, to instruct them. God knows human nature. He knows how sometimes we have a tendency to get sidetracked or maybe to focus on the wrong thing. Or the phrase I was remembering, it was, a, it was an old English phrase from school, to put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Huh? Have you ever heard that one? Have you ever been guilty of that one? You put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable and you're... They're, they're standing there staring into heaven. They're staring, gazing into heaven. And God had to bring some redirection. Number two, it brings us to, it was promised that Jesus would someday return from heaven in the same way they saw him go. He says the same way that those two men in white robes, they says, you know what? Jesus ascends to heaven and just like you saw him go, it's the same way you're going to see him come back. Here's one of our principles we're learning today is this. A spirit-empowered church knows that someday Jesus will return from heaven. A spirit-empowered church knows that someday Jesus will return from heaven. His return is our hope. Amen? That is something good to look forward to. But are we to just stand there and gaze into the sky waiting for him to come back? No. I'm sure the disciples could have easily created a theology of stargazing, skygazing. We're just going to be the church that looks into the sky. We're just going to wait for his return. Yes, we do wait, but we do have a responsibility here while we're waiting for his soon coming return. Here's a few of our beliefs as a church on Christ's return. We believe that Jesus will return. Why? To resurrect the believers. There's a resurrection of believers. There's a rescue of his church. There's a ruling and reigning on earth. There's a, there's a return that all sin and evil can be judged. Jesus will return so that a new heavens and a new earth can come. I know it's easy as we go through our weeks and our months and listen to the news and read the news and watch the news and it's like, we get reminded of this earth and this system and this world and it feels like it's just falling apart. And in fact, it is. It's leading to something. If it was getting better and gooder and greater, we wouldn't, want, we wouldn't need his return. Like, what? Well, we don't need him to return. This world is just perfect the way it is. How many of you say this world is just perfect the way it is? Anyone? No? I mean, yes, there, there are aspects of it, and there's things, and there's, there's grace moments that God is still working and still moving, but this system of this earth is collapsing and falling apart, and we're trying to put people, say, no, this, this next, if I just vote this person in, then it's all going to be better. And that lasts for maybe two or three or four years, and then someone, oh, no, well, if we just give, the, if we just elect new people, if we just elect, if we just make new laws... If we just, if we could just get everyone to listen, 
but Jesus is coming back soon. Amen? I want to read a few. These are out in the lobby. You can grab them. You can read more. You can do some more reading. I just want to read some of this to encourage us. Our future is anchored in the blessed hope all Christians who have died will one day rise from their graves and will meet the Lord in the air. Christians who have not yet died will be raptured or caught up with them to be with the Lord. Then Christians of all ages will live with God forever. This scriptural truth is our blessed hope. It says this, it says, what is the significance of believing this? This doctrine is very important because it provides a primary motivation for witnessing and living a holy life. We can believe this and still not just get stuck into stargazing, right, or sky gazing. We have a responsibility. We have a job to do right now. Amen? He says this resurrection, the, the blessed hope, the return of Jesus is, is to be a motivation, to be a witness for him, to live a life, a holy life. For the believer, the return of Christ for his redeemed is a blessed hope indeed. It will bring an end to suffering, pain, hardship, and difficulty. We will then be with the Lord forever. Though the body is not alive between death and resurrection, the soul does not sleep, but is constantly, consciously alive in the presence of the Lord. And here's another reality. For the sinner, however, the rapture is anything but a blessed hope. To be left behind will involve indescribable suffering as God judges a rebellious and disobedient world. God desires that all people should ask forgiveness and be restored to fellowship with him. He places their, this burden for the lost and their waiting eternal punishment on the hearts of those who already know his love and his salvation. It is for this reason that the primary mission of the church is evangelizing the world, seeking to save as many as possible from the judgment to come. Jesus will return. You can read on and on. There's more in there. It's a hope for this church. It's something to look forward to. It's a reminder of our mission. That if those don't return, if those don't respond to the good news, that they will not find this to be a hope. It will be a judgment. And it weighs heavy in our hearts. I have conversations with those kids and grandkids and those that maybe we just feel maybe they're not ready. And again, that's between them and the Lord. But, but we will have a burden for them. We have a heart for them. We want to see them come to know Jesus before it is too late. I want to read some scriptures today. I want us to be encouraged Today. I want us to be reminded today. So there'll be a lot of scriptures. They'll be up here. You can either listen. You can follow along. But I want all of us today to hear the word of the Lord today. Not hear my ideas or what I think or what my... I want you to hear the word of the... May the word of the Lord speak clearly to each person today. If you're in this room, if you're just listening, if you're watching, may his word speak clearly to your heart today. Romans 8, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time, and we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us 
as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too, we wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. Who wants a new body today? Come on. Come on, somebody. You woke up with some aches and pains, and you're like, I am tired of the aches and the pains and the hurts and the issues. I'm tired that my legs don't work right and my back doesn't work. My neck doesn't work. I'm so tired. But one day, Jesus has a perfect body for you. So we, we are eager with hope. Maybe someone needs that word today. You've been depressed. You've been just, man, I'm just, all I feel is pain and all I feel is this and that. And one day, one day, maybe Jesus will heal you. Now, maybe you'll receive a miracle today and you won't have that pain. Or one day, Jesus will give you a perfect body and you'll never feel that pain again. We trust him, amen? Man, I, I, I know people that love Jesus. Well, I know people that have the faith to move a mountain that still struggle with their bodies. Why is that? I don't know. Sometimes, you know, you th- you, what is that? Johnny Erickson Todd, she's been on the radio for years and years, and she's shared the gospel, and I'm sure she's prayed and believed, and she's still in a wheelchair, right? But one day, she'll be running around in heaven. One day she'll have a new body. One day you'll have a new body. One day you'll have new legs and you'll have new arms. That shoulder won't hurt anymore. Those knees won't hurt anymore. You'll be dancing in heaven. Right? If you, you think about dancing right now, you're like, that would hurt too much. I can't dance here. But maybe in heaven you'll be dancing. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. That's what the Bible says. It says that in verse 24. It says, we were given this hope when we were saved, okay? The hope, what? The, the hope of the resurrection, the hope of the, the new body, the hope of the new creation. Well, we were given that hope, but if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. We wait patiently for we're expecting it confidently. 1 Corinthians 15 Paul says, but tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would be all lying about God, for we have said that that God raised Christ from the grave, but that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. What is he saying? He's like, if you're just praying to say, just, I hope it's just for this life, then we are to be pitied. It's for this life and for the life that's forever and ever and ever. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we are all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest that all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. All who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. After that, the end will come. And he will, ret- he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. For the scriptures say, God has put all things under his authority. Verse 28, then when all things are under his authority, the son will put himself under God's authority so that God who gave his son authority over all things will be utterly supreme over everything, everywhere. If the dead will not be raised, what point is there in people being baptized and those who 
are dead. Why do it unless the dead will someday rise again? And why should we ourselves risk our lives hour by hour? For I swear to you, brothers and sisters, that I face death daily. This is as certain as my pride in what Christ Jesus our Lord has done in you. And what value was there in fighting wild beasts? Those people of Ephesus, if there will be no resurrection from the dead, and if there is no resurrection, let, let's feast and drink, for tomorrow we die. Don't be fooled by those who say such things. For bad company corrupts good character. Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For to your shame I say that some of you don't know God at all. But someone might ask, well, how will the dead be raised? Uh, what kind of bodies will they have? What a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put into the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God gives it the new body he wants it to have a different plant grows from each kind of seed. Similarly, there are different kinds of flesh. One kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are also bodies in the, listen to this, bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. And someone said, you're like, I don't know what he just said. That's, then you get your Bible this week and you read and you study. The sun has one kind of glory, while the moon and the stars each have another kind, and even the stars differ from each other in their glory. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. I'm going to skip down here a little bit. Verse 54, then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. And he closes out that chapter by saying this, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't say it's just too hard. It's never useless. Keep fighting the battle. Keep serving the Lord. Keep remaining faithful for Jesus. One day it'll be all worth it. It's right, I hear that echo. Someone's preaching back at me. Sounds a little bit like me, doesn't he? Read a few more today. First Thessalonians chapter 1. Just sense today the Holy Spirit is ministering to his people today. May his word 
refresh us. What does the word say? That we would renew our minds, right? How do you think right thoughts and how do you get the bad thoughts? How do you, you, you renew, you, you refresh your mind. You remind your mind of, of what the truth is. Maybe we've forgotten some of the truths of God's word. We need to be refreshed. We need to be renewed. We need to be reminded. Verse 3 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. The enduring hope. It says, and now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia, for wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. They had a hope, and they were still about the mission. Says they keep tell, talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve the living and true God. And they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven. Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. He is the one who has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. They're waiting. They're not standing there gazing into the sky. They're, they're waiting actively. Jesus will return. He will rescue his church from the coming judgment. First Thessalonians chapter 4. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have now died, who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with a trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from the graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. And he says this, so encourage each other with these words. These are words of hope. These are words of encouragement. Now concerning how and when and all, all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you, for you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin, and there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters. And you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. For you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard. Not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. He says, be on your guard and not asleep like the others. Night is a time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you already are doing. Second Peter 3, most importantly, 
I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to that promise that Jesus is coming in? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. All it will take is is an utterance of God. They are being kept for the day of judgment when when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. What a hope we have in Jesus today. We have nothing to fear, nothing to be stressed or distressed or depressed about. Or Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. We have a hope in Jesus. Our hope is not in a political system it's not in an economical system you can have all the riches and monies you can be elected to the highest office it is nothing in compared to the power and the glory of jesus no matter what happens our hope is found only in jesus if we die we're with jesus If we live, we're with Jesus. If someone kills or destroys our body, Jesus has promised us a new heavenly body. We'll end today's study with verses 12 and 14 of Acts chapter 1. So Jesus ascends into heaven. They're standing, they're staring into heaven, and they says, why are you standing there? The same Jesus that ascended, he's going to come back the same way you saw him go, and what happens? It says, then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. I want to say that again. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. And he gives a list of the names that were there. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer. They went from the Mount of Olives, from seeing Jesus go to heaven, and they go back to Jerusalem. Why? Because what did Jesus say? Stay, wait in Jerusalem. Until the promise of the Father. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, you will then what be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. A spirit-empowered church is an obedient church. 
A spirit-empowered church is not a sky-gazing church, but a mission-in-action church. A spirit-empowered church is a his-will, his-way church. In the midst of their questions, in the midst of their uncertainty, the church was focused on responding to the Lord in obedience, trusting him wholeheartedly, and doing things his will, his way, for his glory. May it be said of us today. You might not know it all. You might not understand. Maybe it's some of the scripture. I have no idea. Would you trust him? Would you go to his word? Would you, would you say, Holy Spirit, would you, would you speak to my heart? Would you direct my life? He's raising up a spirit-empowered church today to follow, to walk in obedience, to be active in your faith and in your journey with him and to, to say, God, whatever you want to do, I, I, I just want to follow that, Lord. I'll just take one step after another, one step after another. And someday soon, Jesus will return for his church. Let's pray today. Jesus, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for your kindness today. Lord, this message was so important that the, the enemy tried to take down the sound system in the house. But Lord, your, your word went forward. There's an, there's an enemy that does not want you to believe that Jesus is coming back. There's an enemy that wants to think that you're just, you're just stuck here, you're stranded here, and this is as good as it's gonna get. Some have left the faith because they just, man, is this, is this what it is? Is this following Jesus? Is this how, Some have just walked away, some have grown so cold, some have fallen, they've been lulled into sleepy land. Sleepy, sleepy, sleepy land. Things are so good that they think around them. They got the jobs, they got the money, they got, they got the honey, they got whatever, and they, they've been lulled into sleepy, sleepy land. And Jesus, Jesus is proclaiming the, uh, the alarm bells are going off. The sirens are going off. We see it every single day. Well, maybe Russia's going to invade Ukraine. Well, maybe this is going to happen. Oh, well, maybe there's going to be another variant of this virus. Or maybe, maybe we're all going to die in the car. Oh, who knows what's going to happen? There's an enemy that wants to plunge the world into fear and hopelessness and darkness and destruction and division. Jesus is our only hope. Jesus is our only hope. God is being so patient. He wants everyone to come to a place of repentance, turning away from their sin and turning by faith to Jesus. wherever you're at, whatever your situation is. God is calling. God is speaking. God is reminding right now today. Maybe maybe you're not even here. Maybe you're watching or maybe you're listening to down the road. This will be next year or a month from now you're listening to this message. The Lord is speaking to your life. Are you asleep? Did you once follow the Lord wholeheartedly and then just, you just got lulled into sleepy, sleepy land? Jesus is speaking to you right now, today.
Or maybe you've just been stuck in your faith and you're, you're just stuck staring into the sky and say, all right, any day now, Jesus just... But you haven't been active in your faith. You haven't been active in ministry. You haven't been active in the mission of God. And God wants to do a little redirection in your heart and your life today. We're hopeful. We're expecting. We're waiting. But we're active in the mission. To see lost people come to know Jesus. Or maybe there's some sin in your life. There's something you've been holding on to and say, oh, it doesn't matter. I could just do this or that. And Jesus is kindly, patiently speaking right now to you to say, get rid of that. Live a peaceful and a holy life unto me. Live a peaceful and a holy life unto me. May we all be careful what we take in and what we partake of. What we listen to. What we, what we allow to mar- our hearts to marinate in. What we allow our minds to marinate in. I know I have to be careful how much certain news or certain things I, I just allow to my heart to to marinate in. There's things I know when I've, I've just watched too much news. There's just my, I've gotten like into a dark place or a, a hectic place or whatever it is. I just have to like back away. Jesus, would you renew a right spirit within us. Would you renew our minds that we might know what the perfect, acceptable will of God is. Would we respond to him today? Every moment I'm away, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, and I live for you alone every breath. Every moment I'm away, Lord, have your way in me. Have your way in us today, Lord Jesus. Have your way in us today. Would you stand? I want to pray over each person today. Stand on up. Jesus, would you raise up your people, Lord Jesus? Jesus, give them the discernment of the Holy Spirit in these last days. Lord, that they will 
see with crystal clarity. They will hope for you, Jesus. Lord, that you will remove all doubt, all fear, all anxiety, all stress. And Lord, that you will help your church to have an enduring hope in these last days. Help them to know that you are coming back. You are returning. You will return in the same way that you ascended. And Lord Jesus, that we would be ready. We would live holy lives, pleasing and acceptable to you. We'd be about your mission, Jesus. We'd be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We'd be obedient to your Holy Spirit in every area of our lives. When there's changes that need to be made, that we would make them. If there's corrections that we need to make, Lord, that you would give us the courage to make them. Give your church wisdom in these days. Lord, would you give your church words of knowledge and words of wisdom for friends and for those that we, they rub shoulders with. They'll know how to pray. They'll know how to speak. They'll know what to say and how to respond, Lord Jesus. There's some that maybe they struggle with not knowing what to say. Lord, that you give us the words. You'd open up the areas and the conversations, Lord Jesus. You'd give us your favor, your anointing would be upon us to do what you've called us to do, Jesus. You'd empower each and every one of us by your Holy Spirit to be who you've called us to be, to do what you've called us to do. And we will do everything in our power, in our strength to give all glory and honor Jesus' name. Bless your people, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you so much. Have a wonderful day. Let's be his church today. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you haven't done so yet, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and share it with those you know. Our prayer is that you will find true and lasting life in a relationship with Jesus and that you will live to do His will, His way, for His glory.